0: Well, good morning. Good to be with you this morning, and uh, thankful to uh, be able to let your pastor have some rest. Uh, I'm a fan of that myself as a pastor, so grateful that he's able to do that. And uh, it's a joy to be able to be with you all this morning and to bring God's word for you. Uh, just as uh, my own church knows this about me, but in case you see me turning bright red up here, you don't need to worry about me. Uh, it doesn't even this. I'm not. Angry. Uh, I'm not even necessarily getting sunburned. Uh, it just is. I'm just being Irish. That's what we do. We just turn red. So uh, don't worry. It's just part of what happens to us. But uh, uh, our church, we were meeting outside for many months, and as well. And so it. Uh, you don't have to feel bad for me in the heat. It's uh, uh, that's part of uh, the joy to be together. And uh, we can be a little uncomfortable. It's okay. I do want to look today. as was just read for us in Second Peter chapter one. 12 through 15. It's, uh, the book of 2 Peter is one of these books that uh, sometimes we don't, uh, you know, 1 Peter we turn to a lot, 2 Peter maybe not so much. There's some things in 2 Peter that raise a lot of questions. But this particular text, even though it's short and brief, uh, and even though it sounds almost like just a transition text in the book, if you're reading through it and studying it, there is so much here that is vitally important for us as Christians as we go through our daily lives as Christians and our daily lives as a church in gathering together. You know, just as a, a thought experiment, I'd, I'd ask you to maybe think back this week or even this last month. When you've been reminded of something you already know. Maybe you've had to tell your children something that they already know. Maybe your boss has had to tell you something you already knew. Some sort of bit of instruction. My guess is that when that happens, there is some sort of response within us that replies with, I already know this. You don't need to tell me again. I hear it from my own children quite often when I tell them something and I hear, I know. You can read into any sort of tone in that that you want, but that is sometimes how we respond. There's something in us that sometimes gets offended, almost, sometimes even more than almost, when we are reminded and told something that we already know, and even especially something that we already know well. We may even feel like this sometimes in our spiritual lives and in our walks with the Lord. We come to church, we gather together, we gather in studies and we oftentimes may find ourselves thinking, we sing that song too much. I've heard it before. We just read that passage of scripture a few weeks ago. I've already studied the book of Second Peter. I don't need to do it again. I think if we're honest, there is something about things being repeated to us that we naturally bristle against, perhaps because of our own pride. And yet, if you look at our faith, and if you look at our life as Christians, you look at our walks with the Lord, if we're honest, you'll notice that there is so much repetition and reminding built into the Christian faith, both in the content and in the practices of what we do as Christians. And really, that's what 2 Peter talks about here, this this section of 2 Peter. In these few verses, Peter is engaging in an act of reminding the church about something they already know, and about something not only that they already know, but he says they are actually firmly established in it. Not only do they know it, but they are doing it well. And yet, Peter thinks it is vital that he remind them again. Now in this portion, in Second Peter, just a little to orient ourselves a little bit in this book, Peter has been speaking quite a bit about growth in godliness leading up to our text for today. He's talked about the power for growth in godliness, that we've been given all things that we need in Christ to grow in godliness. He's talked about, he's given us a picture of godliness by listing various traits of, and displays of godliness. And one of the reasons he does this is because Peter is going to be dealing with some false teachers that have emerged in the church, and it appears that their particular attack was portraying or giving some sort of false form of godliness. And so Peter starts his book by reminding the church, this is what godliness looks like. This is why we can be godly as Christians in the power of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things Peter thinks is important for helping them to understand godliness is that he thinks they need to be reminded about what they already know. And this section here comes right in a transition in the book when Peter is going to begin to deal with the false teachers more specifically But before he makes that turn, he wants to spend some time reminding them and reminding them and reminding them. And so that's what I want to look at this morning. I think there are three things we can see about reminders, which for us as Christians, I hope, can help us to cherish them rather than get bored by them. We're going to see three things. Reminders are urgent, number one. Reminders are needed, number two. And reminders stir us up, number three. Start with number one. It's always a good place to start. But one of the things we see with Peter here is that he brings a certain sense of urgency when he reminds them of what they already know, which is our first point. Reminders are urgent. Now, this is interesting because I think many of us, we may even bring ourselves to the point that thinking, okay, reminders, they may be helpful. They may even be necessary, but they don't seem all that urgent. What's urgent is something new. Oftentimes, we easily think that reminders, by definition, lack a certain sense of urgency because we already know it. And yet, when you'll notice, I want to look at here at Peter and how he talks and describes this reminder, and he does it with quite a bit of urgency. If you look down at verse 14 with me, Peter describes there, he says, Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Notice Peter's commitment to reminding in verse 12. He says, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. Notice Peter says he's committing himself here. He's saying, as, as your pastor, as an apostle, I am committing myself, and I intend not just to remind you here, but always to remind you even as he knows that he is facing the end of his life, which brings a certain amount of urgency to what he's saying. Peter is writing this knowing and fully aware that he is likely nearing the end of his life and his ministry. He says in verse 14 that he knows that the putting off of his body is going to be soon, just as the Lord Jesus made clear to him. And it appears most likely what Peter is referring to there is an event that took place in the Gospels, namely in the Gospel of John 21, verses 18 and 19, where Jesus told Peter there, he said, "'Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God.'" And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. There's a great build-up to an invitation to follow me. You're going to get old, people are going to carry you, and you're going to die with your arms stretched out. So follow me. You see here that Peter seems to be thinking back to this description of his death, which most likely took place as he himself was eventually martyred in his older age. The book of Second Peter itself seems to be a book that was lit, written much later in Peter's life, like, likely written in the 60s A.D. Peter, by this point, is probably in his 50s or 60s. This during a time when the average lifespan was usually sometime in your 40s. There was likely a mounting persecution from the Emperor Nero, which many of us know and are aware of his infamous actions in persecuting the church. And Peter was, according to church history and tradition, was eventually crucified. And Peter seems to be able to see the writing on the wall. He knows that Jesus described and foretold this hard sort of death for him. And Peter knows he's old. By those standards, he's an older man. No offense to any of you in your 50s or 60s. I'm not calling you old. We're putting ourselves in the first century here. But Peter then knows that his life is near an end one way or the other. Even more so because the Lord Jesus Christ told him this. So here we have Peter who makes reminders part of his last words. Last words often have a certain sense of urgency, don't they? What does Peter do? As he's facing death, as he thinks about death, here is Peter saying the same thing he's always said. And he's saying, I'm going to continue to say the same thing I've always said until I die. He's going to continue to exhort them to growth in godliness. He's going to t- continue to remind them of the power of the Holy Spirit they have in Christ. He's going to continue to warn them and caution them against false teaching. So as Peter faces death, these are some of his last words. And as it brings a certain amount of urgency. Peter knows that he is frail and temporary. In the text here, when it says he's putting off his, he's going to put off his body, literally, it is the word for tent. You know, your, your pastor sounds like is camping right now. Our family loves camping as well. We love, I love the idea of sleeping in a tent. I know that's probably grossly offensive to some of you, but I love the coziness of it. I love waking up and rolling out of bed in the morning and getting warm in a sleeping bag. But you know what else I love? I love that a tent is not my home. (laughs) There's 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 no disagreement about that. It's very clear. The tent, by its very definition, is temporary. It's set up quickly, and it's taken down quickly. It's susceptible to leaks. It's susceptible to breaking down. It's susceptible to tears. The tent is not my home, ultimately. And as Christians, and Peter is intimately aware of this fact that his body in its current state, is a tent. It's temporary. There's a sense in which, as Christians, we are to view our bodies as both temples and tents. Temples in the sense that the Holy Spirit resides within us, according to 1 Corinthians 6.19. But these bodies in their current state, before they are raised one day, they are also temporary. They are frail. They break down. Most of us don't need too many reminders about that fact because we face it day in and day out. So Peter is is very aware that he is not here forever, and so he wants his reminders to remain. He knows that he is going to be gone soon, and so he continues to remind the church. But then why? That's the the next question. We see that, that there is a certain urgency with Peter, but well, why is he so urgent? What is, why are these needed? Why are reminders needed? And that's really where our next two points are going to begin to look at. And our second point is simply to state the fact that not only are reminders urgent, they are also needed. Now this also helps us in one of our objections that we naturally bring to reminders in scripture. The natural objection whenever we're reminded of something is, I already know that. And yet, I love this text in Second Peter because Peter explicitly acknowledges that he knows they know this. Look, good man, verse 12, he says, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. Peter's audience knows these things. They're established in them. They are set up within them. And yet Peter still thinks there is great urgency in reminding them not only what they already know, but what they're already doing. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but reminders are a big part of the Bible. You almost can't even turn a page in, our, in the Holy Scriptures without coming into contact with a reminder. You look at the history of the nation of Israel Her whole structure, her week, her year, it was all set up around various forms of reminders of what the Lord had done in redeeming her. Things like the Passover, festivals and feasts, even the weekly Sabbath. They were reminders. They were constant. The whole rhythm of their life was meant to be a reminder of what they already knew. Perhaps the thing that comes to mind most is the Lord's Supper that we take as a church. Church. In Luke 22, 19, the Lord's Supper, we are called to take this in remembrance of Jesus. Clearly, Jesus, in some of his, coming to be some of his final words to his followers, thought that reminders were important for his people as well. You get to the Apostle Paul, he was constantly reminding the church. In 1 Timothy 4, 17, he sends Timothy to remind the Corinthians of, the, of Paul's ways. Paul would send others to remind. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 14, he writes to the pastor Timothy himself to remind him of the teachings of the apostles. You know, part of the job of a pastor is to remind God's people what they already know and are established in. I know that's that doesn't sound super exciting or super romantic these days, but that is that is a consistent pattern in scripture through Jesus, through the apostles, all the way back through Israel, and even through Paul as he counsels pastors like Timothy. Even pastors need reminders. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy. Now, one of the things we tend to think, I think, as as Christians, and especially as modern American Christians, is that we tend to have a little bit of what maybe C.S. Lewis would call chronological snobbery, that we exist in a time that, yes, okay, back then, in the old days, whatever those days were, we'll say the days of Scripture, the first century thereabouts, we can understand why they would need so many reminders. They didn't have all the information surrounding them everywhere, day in and day out. Yet I would propose to you that perhaps there's an even greater sense of urgency that we need reminders in the era of information. The more information we have, the more reminders we need about what we already know because the more information we have, the more tempted we are to prioritize that information wrongly or to perhaps even adopt the wrong information. We need biblical reminders to help us reprioritize the priorities of Scripture. In a world where every news release, every social media post is the quote-unquote most important thing ever, we need to be reminded what really is the most important thing ever. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the, 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 the pilgrimage that he is taking us upon as he is leading us to the promised land as his people in heaven one day. You know, even just as people and as humans, I think we have a, a genuine understanding that memory is important. You go to Washington, D.C., as I'm sure many of you have, and there is a city that is literally filled with memorials, filled with reminders. Things that our culture has deemed important for us to remember for one reason or another. They're meant to not just be a reminder, but they're meant to shape our identity as a society and a culture. Now, of course, as we know, there's all sorts of debates these days about what memories should be set up and what shouldn't. But even that simple debate acknowledges the fact that memories and reminders are important for a people. The Word of God, written and proclaimed, is that is the source of our reminders as Christian. The Word of God, as we, as we, as both as we hear it and as we see it in things like the Lord's Supper and baptism, those are those institutions, they are reminders for us. Now, we may mentally be able to remember certain things, but we often fail to live in light of the very things that we know and already are aware of. Which brings us to our third and final point about why really reminders are necessary is that not only a reminder is necessary, but the reason they're necessary is point number three, reminders stir us up. Reminders stir us up. Look at verse 13 in our text here, where Peter says, I think it is right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. Peter there is, is understanding and, and saying that, look, the point of here of reminding you is to stir you up. In context here specifically, it is to stir you up to love and to good deeds, to growth and godliness. This really goes back to, the, as he says these things, that he is, wants us to understand. In verse 12, you understand here that it starts with the word, therefore. Peter is reminding them, therefore... Because of all he said about godliness and growth in godliness that has come before. He has encouraged us to make every effort to grow into godliness. And he says, in order to make every effort to grow in godliness, he then says, therefore, he needs to remind them. He sees the reminders that he is giving as an apostle. He sees those as the means to stir them up to make every effort to grow in godliness. Peter sees the reminders he's giving as having the effect, Lord willing, to stir them up, to awaken them. Not necessarily just to impart new information. In fact, the fact that it's a reminder indicates that it's not new information. But the act of reminding is something God has given us as Christians to stir us up to godliness. You see, I think, as we have to understand as Christians, that forgetting something, it's not just the mental act of something leaving our brains, is it? When the Bible talks about forgetfulness, about spiritual forgetfulness, it often is describing more a form of spiritual laziness. Peter sees here the opposite of reminding them is, he, again, he wants them to make every effort in godliness, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So for Peter, the the opposite of reminding is not just necessarily the information leaving their brains. It is a spiritual laziness. It is a giving up. It is a losing heart. It is a ceasing from persevering in the faith. We need to be reminded, not just to remind us of information. We do need that too. And we do need to learn new things as Christians. And that's a joy when that happens. But we also need to be constantly reminded of what we already know to awaken us to the importance of the information that we do already know. Reminders, you could say, they're like a spiritual alarm clock that just keeps going off throughout our lives. In fact, I would submit to you that as we are acquainted with our own hearts and our own temptations and our own dangers of our own hearts is that One big area, one big red light in terms that should alert us to some trouble in our own hearts is when we begin to look down on the reminders that God has given us. When we begin to fall into a habit of thinking, I don't need to be reminded of what I already know as a Christian. When we begin to think that and get bored perhaps by the fact that I've heard this before. When we begin to be bored by it and think that we don't need to be reminded anymore, as Christians, we are becoming dangerously close to losing. When we remove ourselves from the sources of our reminders, we end up getting a form of spiritual amnesia. The reminders themselves are part of what God has given to us as his people to help guard us, to help keep us. He has given us these means, whether it be the preaching of his word, whether it be the singing of his word, whether it be the mutual encouragement in the body of Christ. There are so many things that take place in our lives as Christians that are simply reminders. And yet, we are so skilled at twisting those reminders. In fact, it's it's one of the great problems that we have often seen Is that we can look at those reminders not as something to stir us up, but those reminders themselves can even become idols, as Calvin has reminded us in the past that our hearts apart from Christ, they are they are idol factories. I was listening to an interview just this morning with with an avowed atheist, a well known atheist, and he was talking about how much he loves the liturgy of the church, how much he loves the hymns of the church the creeds and confessions of the church. And I found myself in the strange position of saying amen along with him. And yet as he spoke, he says, I love them, not because there's any truth in them. He loved them for their beauty, their poetry. Notice that he was taking these reminders that were meant to be reminders, and for him, they were not reminders at all. They become things he simply loved for themselves. They were not things that stirred up within him. They were not things that stirred him up to love and to good deeds and to godliness. What Peter himself says, that is the intention for these things. And I know it's, it's difficult because as, as people, and I think even especially as Americans, we love to be obsessed with things that are new. Even as Christians, I see it in my own heart and I struggle with it as well. We love things that are new, We love to learn new things. We love to adopt new things. And yet there have been many heresies adopted in the name of being new, haven't there? But what happens, God forbid, that we as Christians put in the category of old and boring the idea of spiritual growth. The same old, same old stuff is the very stuff that God uses to produce spiritual growth in our lives, and we come to it with faith. I'd say to us, it's a a dangerous place for us to be spiritually when we begin to resent being reminded, as we so often do. When we begin to resent being reminded and rely only on what is recent. That That is a recipe for disaster. And just in case we need to be convinced a little bit more of the importance of being reminded, you might recall that Jesus himself said and talked to his disciples that before he left, before he ascended to heaven, as he spoke with them and told them what was going to happen and what to be prepared for, what to expect, not all of which they understood or received all that well at the time, but he also told them that the Holy Spirit was going to come. And Jesus, in John chapter 14, verses 25 through 26, look what he says about the Holy Spirit. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus himself, he talked about the Holy Spirit, that he has a ministry of reminding. That is part of why we have the Holy Spirit within us as Christians. He is reminding us, testifying to us. We need, as Christians, constant reminders, regardless of our age, regardless of how long we've been a Christian, regardless of how much we know and how much seminary training we have, we need to be reminded as Christians. We need the constant reminders that come from the Holy Spirit's work within us. We need the constant reminders, the things we do and that you are doing now, we're all doing together as a church when we gather each and every week, whether we're inside or outside or anywhere in between. We're here, we're a little hot, we're a little sweaty, because we know we need to be reminded. We need it. Whether that comes from preaching and teaching of the word, whether that comes from the mutual encouragement that will go on after the service throughout your weeks and lives together, we need to be reminded continually until we are face-to-face with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the Bible is very clear that for now, as Christians, we live by faith. And faith doesn't, doesn't mean a lack of confidence, just the opposite. But faith there, it's, a, it's set in contrast with what awaits us one day in, as Christians when we are brought into the kingdom of God, when the new creation is, comes down, when we enter into the new creation as the Lord's people with resurrected bodies, And we live by sight. See, God graciously gives us these reminders to continually point us towards our heavenly citizenship. And they're gifts to us as spiritual pilgrims on our way to our heavenly homeland. When we one day see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ face to face. So I hope that we can see as we look at this text together that if if we do, and I I think as Christians that by definition we generally want to grow in the Lord. And if we desire to grow in godliness, then we need to get comfortable with the fact that we are going to need to be reminded a lot. Not only are we to get comfortable with it, but I hope as we look at this text that we can cherish it. Not only to to self-consciously put ourselves and orient our lives into the path of reminders. But to rejoice in the fact that here we are, gathered here today, and praise God for it, that we are surrounded by all sorts of things that have reminded us of what we already know. All that we've read, all that we've sung, the Lord's Supper, confession of faith, statement of God's grace and mercy to us, we know those things as Christians. And praise God, we are reminded of them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with gratitude. Gratitude for the fact that you have given us reminders. Reminders that are meant to stir us up into godliness. And Lord, whether that be the reminders that take place here in this service, whether that be the reminders that take place in our lives together as families or as individuals, or just in the fellowship here and throughout the week, Lord, guard our hearts from the temptation to take these reminders for granted. Guard our hearts from being bored by these reminders. Renew within us, Lord, a desire to be reminded and to continue to be reminded so that we can constantly be stirred up as your children until the day of your son's return. For it's in his name that we pray, amen.